Today is the day of Juma, Friday. So related to that, we are going to first mention those amal, those acts and good deeds that are done on the day of Friday, on the day of Juma, and are a means of a person, the maghfirat and forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And know that the day of Juma starts from the night preceding it, the night of Juma, i.e. Maghrib on Thursday. And Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that person who recites Surah Yasin and the night preceding the day of Jum'ah will get the forgiveness of Allah Subhanahu That person who on the night before Jum'ah recites Surah Yasin, all of their sins will be forgiven. Another hadith narrated by Sayyidina Abu Hurair he says that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that that person who reads Surah Hameen, which is in Surah Al-Dukhan, that person will be forgiven for all of their sins. <coughs> that person who on the night before the day of Friday, uh, Thursday night, recites Surah Hamim, Yani Surah Duhan, all of their sins will be forgiven. So what we learn from this is that on the night before Jummah, we should start doing special amal and special acts of worship so that we can also reap fully the blessings and barakat of Yom Jummah. And this is, uh, we want to wash away the sins on the night before Jummah. And this will wash away the sins just like it will uproot the sins from a person. Sayyidina Barayra said, that Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that the person who does ghusl on the day of Jummah, it washes away all of his washes away all of his sins and flaws and shortcomings and wrongdoings. And it sucks them off from his body. Each and every sin is dropped off or sucked off from every hair on his body. So now look, as he's saying, look at the words about some youth to describe this, that it's shed from every hair on the body. The sins are shed and cleansed from every hair in the body. In another hadith, Sayyidina Barulah that that person who does ghusl on the day of Jummah and then applies fragrance and perfume, whatever type of fragrance is with him, and then he dresses in the best type of clothing he has. He wears his best clothing for that day. If he were clean, good clothing, they should be laundered and washed and pressed. And then he exits his home 
and, and, and all the way until that he arrives at the masjid and then he prays in the masjid and whatever Allah gives him tawfiq he prays nafil, sunnah, then the person and that person does not harm anyone throughout all of this you will see that there are some people they come late and they try to hop over the shoulders of people to get their place they feel they deserve in the front and that harms people that causes some difficulty for people so this person when they came into the masjid they didn't hurt or harm anyone in any way so now let's look at this hadith that when the sharia tells us that you shouldn't even harm someone by crossing over their shoulders so if you give such a small discomfort to someone even that is prohibited in Sharia then imagine if you hurt somebody's heart you become a cause of worry for them anxiety for them stress for them how much Allah Ta'ala must dislike that if Allah Ta'ala disliked even the slight discomfort of passing over people in the rows so we should try that we should never ever make a person sad never become a source of sorrow and grief and we find that in many people in their marital life, the husband has made the life a living life miserable for his wife. Or there are some wives who have made lives miserable for their husbands. And there's just supposed to be such a close relationship that husband and wife should have been like one. But they should have been actually making their life pleasurable, making their life joyful for one another. Instead, they're making life miserable for one another. And sometimes it even reaches a state that they deliberately hurt one another. They deliberately try to make life miserable for one another. So that's why it's coming to date that that person who deliberately hurts the heart of others, Allah Ta'ala, whatever ibadah they do, Allah Ta'ala returns it and slaps it back on their face. Doesn't accept it from them. So anyway, in this hadith, so this person came into the masjid and did all of these things. And then after praying his nafil sunnah ibadah, he was silent. Silent means he listened to the khutbah until then he prayed salah behind the imam then all of these steps that he did this will all be expiation and a forgiveness for all of the sins he did from the previous Jummah until this Jummah from the previous Jummah until this Jummah all of the sins that he had done they will all be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now we should think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala His mercy is so vast, so limitless, so endless that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is forgiving all the sins of a person who enters the masjid before the time for salah, prays whatever nafil sunnah is decreed for him, etc. For the women, the women may be wondering how can we get a share in this. So what the women should do is that they should help their sons and husbands and brothers and father get ready for Jummah, iron their clothes, lay out their clothes, assist them in their preparation so that they can arrive in a timely manner. Then they will get sawab for all of the men folk in the family that arrived at the masjid in a timely manner. And she should herd them and encourage them to go in the car and go on time. And then she will get the sawab for all of those men folk in her household who pray. In the second hadith, Bikr said that that person who prayed, that person who recites Surah Kahaf on the day of Jummah, that whomsoever recites Surah Kahf on the day of Jummah, then from the soles of their feet all the way up to the feet of, sky, of the skies and heavens, there will be a column of nur. 
that will be granted to him and that will give him light on the Day of Judgment. And whatever he did from the previous Jummah to this Jummah, whatever happened between these two Jummahs, all his sins will be forgiven for him. So all the sins will be forgiven between the two Jummahs, the previous one and the current one. So what does this mean? That when people arrive in the Masjid, if they arrive early, when they pray their Nawafil and their Sunnahs, if there's still some time left, they should definitely recite Surah Kahf. And generally, reciting Surah Kahf preserves a person from the fitna of Dajjal. Then when the Imam begins his Qutbah, then a person should be silent and listen attentively and intently. Sayyidina Umar said that that person who made wudu in a noble way and then they offered Jummah Salah with that good wudu that they made and then they become silent and they listen to the khutbah of Jummah then all of their sins will be forgiven those that were between the previous Jummah and this current Jummah <coughs> And then And if he does a lot of adab Then not seven days but ten days He will get forgiveness for the previous ten days Three extra days will be sin Three extra days of sin will be forgiven for him So we can say that look Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful That Allah ta'ala has made so many different ways To forgive the sins of humanity and the person has prayed Jumma Salah that now he should not run away from the masjid but after Salat of Jumma he should sit in the masjid for a bit of time and he should do the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it comes in hadith that that person who says after, after they offer Jumma after they've prayed Salat al and they say this following zikr Subhanallah al-Azim wa bihamdihi and if they recite this Subhanallah al-Azim Alhamdulillahi 100 times Then Allah Ta'ala Forgive for them 100,000 sins Allah Ta'ala will forgive that person 100,000 sins of that person and for Allah SWT will forgive 24,000 sins for each event. Now look at this, reflect on this, that after Jummah, this person sits and is doing the zikr of Allah SWT. Why is Allah Ta'ala giving so much sawab and reward on this? So the reason for this is, is that normally people after Jummah like to go hasten back and they rush back to their homes or their cars or their places of work. They even rushing to grab their shoes, put their shoes on, rushing to the parking lot, rushing in their cars out of the parking lot. So what the Sharia wants is that after, immediately after Salat al-Jummah, instead of rushing out, if some people remain and in a content, relaxed way make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa then they will be able to save people from this discomfort of crowd rushing on the way out. So their own 100,000 sins will be forgiven and 24,000 sins of their parents will be forgiven. Look at Allah Ta'ala's incredible mercy on his servants and slaves. So after praying Salat al-Jummah, the person should 
Continue in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and continue getting even more sins forgiven. It comes in one hadith that say that Aisha ta'ala anha narrated that Nabi Kareem sallallahu said that that person who after the salah of jama'ah recites the following three surahs Surah Al-Akhlas, Surah Al-Falak, and Surah An-Nas means Al-Nas recites each one seven, seven times each. Then Allah Subhanahu will save him from sin until the next Jummah. This is forward-looking. Allah Subhanahu will safeguard them and preserve them from falling into sin. So now look what Allah Ta'ala has given in Jummah. Doing some actions, you can get the sins of the previous week forgiven. And now there's an amal that you can get the you can get protected and preserved from doing sin for the upcoming seven days. Allah Ta'ala will preserve a person from doing sin. So what a big thawab this is that the person will get from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala on the day of Jummah. Imam Kushari Ta'ala then added some commentary to this hadith and said that and he actually received another rivaya, another narration in which there was a suggestion that a person reads these three surahs seven, seven times that all their previous sins will be forgiven all the and all of their previous sins will be forgiven, all of their all of their future sins will be forgiven, and all of the people who will be believers on the Day of Judgment, equal to that number he will get reward. And what will be the amount of reward he will get, equal to the number of all of the believers of all times that will be on the Day of Judgment, raises believers. So just like a man can read this sitting in the masjid after Jummah, a woman after she prays Zohar at her home, she can recite these surahs and she will get the same sawab. And she should do the same thing, she should do ghusl, she should wear her best clothing, she should put perfume on, she should read surah kahaf, she should read those three, last three surahs seven, seven times. She will get all of the same ajr and sawab that is mentioned here for the men. Why? That because Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam, she is also she will also be she is also the follower of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. After the salat Jummah, the men should, if they have time, that they should also visit the cemeteries and they should make du'a and isalah sawab for the. Believing believers who have passed away before them. One benefit of that is that number one, that, that it will be beneficial to the people in the graves, that maybe the punishment in the grave will be lessened for them, or they will get a greater darajah in Jannah. And second, when a person goes to the grave, they will start remembering their own akhirah. They will remember death. Many times people forget death, and they, if they forget that they are dying. So a person should think, and when a person forgets death, and all they think about is this world, that I have to adorn my world, beautify this world, accomplish and attain this world. So what they should do is they should go and think that actually my real plot is a small little six foot piece of land in a very crowded colony that is called the cemetery. And there I won't have electricity, I won't have a light, and it comes in hadith that in the grave, the thing that will give a person the most benefit will be the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the more and more zikr that we do, the more and more we will have benefit in the grave.
So on the day of Friday, it has been preferred that a person should go to the graves and look at the graves and remember their destination and remember their ending and remember that this is where they're going to end up. So that person who goes to their father and mother's grave or to any one of those two after the prayer of Jummah, and Allah Ta'ala will forgive that person and Allah Ta'ala will write that the name of that person in the ranks of his obedient slaves that this person went to the grave of his father and mother that he will be raised as somebody who was obedient and loyal to his parents and also is obedient and loyal to their Rabb so when Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala has given such a generous mercy and it befits and we should <coughs> on the day of Jummah we should make we do all of these different A'mal and we should receive and collect and gather all the blessings that Allah Ta'ala wants to send down upon us and then we should also listen to another amal that those people who are the students of sacred knowledge the talaba of ilm that it comes in hadith some special things for them Sayyidina Ali who narrates that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the Prophet said that that person who wears his shoes <coughs> or wears socks or wears clothes just like children wear uniform to go to school or many madrasas in Pakistan have uniforms for the girls who study in the madrasa so that person who wore these clothes and for the purpose to go to study ilm, then Allah Ta'ala will forgive that person for all of their sins. So much so that until that person returns back to their home, until that person returns back to their home, they will keep getting forgiven for their sins. So if a person leaves their home for the sake of getting some knowledge about Allah Ta'ala and Deen, such as for example today, a person has, the women have come today and left their homes and gone to a large hall to listen to the speech. So when you left your home, the second you left your home for the, for the madrasa or for the hall to listen to some talk of deen, throughout this whole time from when you left your home until you returned to your home, Allah Ta'ala will continually forgive us for our sins. It comes in one hadith that Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that that person who is searching and seeking knowledge, that that act of seeking ilm will be an expiation for everything that has passed, everything that has already passed, for all of their past sins, that act of seeking knowledge will be a forgiveness for their past sins. Another hadith that comes that Sayyidina Rasulullah said, on the Day of Judgment, Allah, and this is narrated in the book of Kanzal Amal, Sayyidina Jabir bin Abdullah has narrated this hadith, and it's a very strange hadith. But on the Day of Judgment, Allah subhanahu wa will say on the Day of Judgment, that, O oh, group of ulama, Indeed I, indeed, I did not send ilm into your breasts. I did not place knowledge in your breasts for any reason other than that you could recognize me. So stand up 
and know that I now recognize you as the ulama and I have forgiven you for your sins. Subhanallah, this is the greatness of the true ulama on the Day of Judgment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that I only put ilm in your breast so that I could recognize you on the Day of Judgment and, and, my, and bestow my special forgiveness on you. So stand up and rise on this day. You are forgiven for all of your sins. And just like that, then that mother and father who make their child learn the ilm of deen, make them learn Quran, send them to Iqari, to learn Tajweed, to read the entire Quran al-Kareem. So Sayyidina Anas Radhatan narrates, and this is in the Mu'jim of At-Tabarani, that that person who teaches their child Quran, to read Quran by sight, to sight read the Quran, then all of their previous sins will be forgiven and all of their sins in the future will be forgiven as well. Now if you look at this, that many of the A'mal we've done so far in this series were all about previous sins being forgiven. But training your child to read Quran is so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that not just their past sins are forgiven, but all of their future sins in the future are also forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive them for their previous sins and their future sins. So there's so much benefit to teaching the Quran. Now imagine if a person also memorizes some Quran, some special surahs of Quran, such as Surah Yasin. This is called the heart of Quran. So if a person at night recites Surah Yasin, whether they read it by sight or they memorize it, they can recite it then in prayer, it's better. In Tahajjud Salah, then it comes in a hadith that that person who recites Surah Yasin for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that person's sins are forgiven. And another narration that comes, Sayyidina Abu Rehra said that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that indeed there is a surah that is in the Qur'an. And that surah in the Qur'an has 30 ayat. And this surah will keep doing the shafa'a, will keep interceding for a person on the day of judgment until that person is forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that surah is surah al-mulk. So now think 30 ayat of Qur'an. If any woman, even if she memorizes one ayah a day, then within 30 days, within one month, she will become the hafidah of surah mulk. She will have memorized surah mulk. And once that she's memorized it, it will become easier for her to recite it on her tongue. So in another hadith, it's mentioned that Sayyidina Rasulullah himself would not sleep at night until he had recited Surah Mulk. In another hadith, it comes that the Prophet said that there's a certain surah in the Quran which is of 30 ayat and it is my will and wish that every single member of my ummah should memorize this and capture the surah in their heart. So this is a, a proof that Nabi Akrim Sassam very much wanted that we should memorize it and recite it. So we should all try to memorize Surah Al-Mulk and we should all try to recite it every night before sleeping. And this we will get so we will get Allah Ta'ala's promised reward for doing so. And if after praying Fajr a person has some time to do some more recitation of Quran, so before they speak, if they recite Surah Al-Ikhlas, a hundred times, so <coughs> It comes in a date that the Prophet said that that person who prays the Salat of Fajr, 
And then after that, they recite Surakullah had 100 times before they speak to anyone. Then Allah Ta'ala will forgive them. Then Allah Ta'ala will forgive them one year's worth of sins, a whole year worth of sins. So by reciting Surah Al Ikhlas 100 times, you can recite it on a tasbih, for example. One year, an entire year of sins will be forgiven. It comes in another hadith narrated by Sayyidina Anas anhu, that that person who reads the end of Surah Al-Hashr recites the last few ayat of Surah Al-Hashr and Allah Ta'ala will forgive them for all of their sins that they did in the past and all of their coming sins. And then another hadith narrated also by Sayyidina Anas that that person who every day recites Surah Al-Ikhlas 200 times that that person who recites Surah Al-Ikhlas 200 times that all of his sins will be erased from him for how many? 50 years 50 years of sins will be forgiven for him now on this amal 50 years of sins will be forgiven <laughs> unless except a loan that is outstanding on him because the rights of other servants of Allah on us will not be forgiven by this amal and when we read when we listen and read to these hadith of forgiveness it feels to us as if that we'll easily get forgiven so yes we'll only realize this in the day of judgment <coughs> and when a person will have one good deed short of going into Jannah one sin too many at that point then the angels will tell that person that if only you had had one more good deed or you had had one less sin then Allah Taala from his fuzzle he would have sent you into Jannah but because you are short have one good deed therefore you will have to go to Jahannam first and that person will be so worried that oh Allah for just one good deed I am going to go into Jahannam and in this world we saw that if a person if a student fails due to one point if a candidate can lose the election by one vote a person can fail to get a distinction because of one one number a person can fail to top their class due to one number so we will see that even in this world that even one number is enough to make a person deficient so then it comes in a day then this person will go to his brother and will ask they will go to his mother and the brother will deny they will ask his mother for one good deed the mother will deny he will go to his spouse she will deny he will go to his son and his father he will go to everyone everybody will deny to give him even just one good deed no one will be ready and willing to give him one good deed and then he will be standing there crying in the gathering of the day of judgment that all these people who profess their love for me on this earth today none of them is of any benefit to me then when somebody will see him crying then there will be a sinner who had only one good deed and the rest his entire book of deeds is full of sins so then he will see this person crying and then he will go okay I'm going to Jahannam in any case so why don't you take my only one good deed and at least you can go to Jannah 
I will give you my one good deed. So when he gets that one good deed, and the angel will make an announcement on the Day of Judgment in front of everyone, that this pers- that person who gave him one good deed, Allah Ta'ala will announce it. Who is it who gave him this one good deed? Who is that person who is so generous who gave my servant one good deed? So then it will be said that this sinner who had only one good deed, Allah Ta'ala will say, that know that I have sent both of them into Jannah. So we should think that when a person who has even one good deed, if he can give that one good deed to a, sin, a person who needs, if a person on the Day of Judgment only has one good deed, if he can find someone who needs just one, even that person who has just one good deed, he will be able to go to Jannah. So this is our own folly, our own stupidity, that we don't do these good deeds and we're not worried about getting our sins forgiven. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to send the height of His mercy upon us. And in our life we should try to take benefit of these special times. And these were some things pertaining to the A'mal of Jummah and some things pertaining to reciting special surahs of Qur'an. And because there are many, many hadith and we feel that in the next three days we may not even be able to finish all the hadith about all of the a'mal. So instead of going over each one of them in detail, now we're going to go quicker and just give a little signal and a sign and a small indication so that you can understand. Now that we will do some hadith about fasting so that in this month of Ramadan, what are those acts that a person can do while they're fasting due to which Allah subhanahu will forgive a person for all of their sins. In Ramadan, that person who stays away from sin and fasts and does good deeds and acts of virtue, Allah Ta'ala will forgive them for their sins. It comes in a deed. And Sayyid ibn Musayyib is narrated, and this is in the, which is in the collection of Al-Bayhaqi, that that person who fasts the month of Ramadan, and they refrain from those things that it befits them to refrain from, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive a person for all of their past sins. The person who fasts the month of Ramadan and stays away from sins during the month of Ramadan. And in the last night of Ramadan, about that there's a hadith that all the people, however many people were forgiven in the entire month of Ramadan, that many, that same number of people will be forgiven on the last uh, night of Ramadan. And Allah Ta'ala will emancipate so many people, so that same number of people from the fire of Jahannam. So we can say that we have three, four, four nights of Ramadan left. So we should try to ray, be up in the night and stand the night and worship and beg Allah Ta'ala forgiveness. And if anybody, we, others may not know about our sins, but we know very well about our sinful state and how desperately we need the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what type of sins we did in a hidden way and how we deceived and duped creation and how many sunnahs of the Prophet we have broken. And every person has a mirror that they can hold to their own heart. So in this month of Ramadan, in these blessed last nights of Ramadan, we should beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for our sins.
And on Laylatul Qadr, that person who has Iman and for the desire of getting Sawab, they do Ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala forgives them for all of their past sins. It comes in Hadith that that person who stands on the night of Qadr, the Laylatul Qadr, in a state of Iman and seeking the pleasure of forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so tonight is the night of the 27th. And it may, it's quite very possible that tonight will be Laylatul Qadr. Therefore, the women should make sure that they send all of their men into the masjid, and the women should spend the men should spend the night in the masjid, and the women should spend the whole night at their own homes. But they should be wakeful in the night. They should turn their cell phones off, and they should. And unfortunately, in this day and age, there's so many. How many young people? are on the musalla, they're always on their cell phone, always on the internet, always watching TV. So the women should send all the teenagers and youth into the masjid so that they come into this blessed environment, an environment that is free of all of these distractions and they can focus on earning the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are special moments and special times that are bestowed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on us and this opportunity does not come every day and every night and every month and we should try to please earn the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu on this night and beg him to decree a good upcoming year for us and decree a year of khair and taqwa for us so in the remaining few days of Ramadan we should try to spend them in the most best and noble way possible in a hadith at-targhib tarhib there's also a narration that that person a hadith that that person who fasts who didn't lie who doesn't do ghibat and who broke their fast with food earned from lawful and halal income and they also prayed Isha and Fajr in Jama'at and they also guarded all of their other faraiz and obligatory acts and that person will leave their sin just like a snake sheds its skin they will be able to exit from their sins just the way a snake sheds its skin. You will see that every year or so a snake sheds its skin. They shed their old skin and then a new skin is formed from underneath. So you would have seen this yourself perhaps many times that if any time a person has a wound then on top of the wound there is like a scab that forms and then inside underneath it the heal the wound is healing and then a new fresh pink skin is formed and then eventually then the scab falls off and then they have a new skin just like that a snake sheds its old skin so just like that that person who fasts in the fast Ramadan doesn't lie doesn't do hibat etc then that person will be forgiven for their sins and they will be able to exit their life of sin the same way the snake sheds its skin. So we should want that Allah Ta'ala should accept our fast in this month and then may Allah Ta'ala forgive us in this month of Ramadan for all of the sins that we did in the day and the night, that we did alone, that we did in gatherings, whether we did deliberately or we did them unknowingly. No. It comes in a hadith that on the first night of the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all of the sins of all of the Muslims on the very first night of Ramadan and Sayyidina Rasulullah told us to Sayyidina Umar Anhu that those people who pray towards the Qibla i.e. the believing Muslims all of them, all of their sins are forgiven on the very first night of Ramadan and the Prophet indicated towards the Qibla with his hand 
And one Sahaba was listening to the Prophet and to the Prophet and made some sound of made some exclamation. And so the Prophet told him that is there some problem that you're making this noise? And he said, No, what I was thinking was of the unbelievers. Will they also be forgiven? And the Prophet said that no, this forgiveness on the first night has nothing to do with the unbelievers or hypocrites. The warranty or guarantee of forgiveness is not for those people who are outwardly act like believers, but inwardly they're not, they're hypocrites. No, those people who are true and sincere believers to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will be forgiven. All of them are forgiven for all of their sins on the very first night of Ramadan. Another hadith that comes on the last night of the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all of the sins of all of those who fasted throughout the month of Ramadan. One Sahaba asked the Prophet that Laylatul Qadr, is it Laylatul Maghfirah? Is it a night of forgiveness? And the Prophet said that yes, have you not seen that when the laborer completes his labor, then the, his employer gives him his wages. So just like that, these people who were fasting, fasted the entire month of Ramadan. And now that their month has completed, Allah Ta'ala is going to give them the wages for their month-long labor of fasting. And when did Allah Ta'ala do that? On the last night of Ramadan, Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala will forgive all of the fasting believers. So Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala then has given us yet another opportunity that in this month of Ramadan to get forgiven for all of our sins and we should try that we should do ghusl of our batin in this month so that all of our sins get forgiven. And that is why an angel calls on behalf of Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala on every night of the month of Ramadan all the way until the morning dawns what is the angel announcing that oh you who have rebelled against good oh you have gone into disobedience oh you who are searching now for the khair that Allah SWT has to offer rise up on this night and try to earn it and those of you who are looking for evil you should mm, take heed and open your eyes and make repentance from the evil that you are seeking. And then is there any person seeking my forgiveness so that I may f- grant my forgiveness to them? Is there anyone anyone who is making tawbah so that Allah Ta'ala may relent to them and accept their tawbah? Is there anyone making dua that Allah Ta'ala may grant and accept their duas? <coughs> and is there anyone asking anything of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala may grant to them and fulfill their request? So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every night says this, makes this announcement, that it befits us that we should also every night be making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making istighfar to Allah, making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making istighfar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asking and begging Allah ta'ala to give us good good akhlaq, to make us a good the rest of our life, so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make the rest of our life on earth a life which we spend in iman and kamil, in perfect and true iman. In other hadith, it's in the Mu'jim of At-Tabarani, Sayyidina Umar narrates that Sayyidina Rasulullah said,
that that person in the month of Ramadan, that person who does the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, zakir, he will be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that person who is begging and asking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will never his request will never go unfulfilled. Allah will definitely fulfill and grant all of his requests. In the end of the month of Ramadan, you have the day of Eid, the first of Shawwal. And then many, many Muslim believers are very particular about praying Eid Salat. So that person should make ghusl on the day of Eid. And they should walk towards the place where Eid Salah will be prayed. And then they would leave Makhud al They will return from that Eid Salah in such a way that the second they return from Eid, all of their prayer, all of their sins will be forgiven. Then in this Ramadan, after Ramadan, first is the day of Eid. It was not permissible to fast on the first of Shawwal on the day of Eid. Why? Because that is the day in which we are the guests of that great host, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when Allah ta'ala invites us, as when Allah ta'ala is hosting us, if then somebody says, I'm fasting, it's extremely rude. So therefore Allah ta'ala is saying that today on the day of Eid, you are my guests. You will eat and I will be happy. So I want you to eat like my guests. So on the day of Eid, it's absolutely forbidden to fast on that day. But on the next day, which is the second of Shawwal, then there are six fasts which are known as the fast of Shawwal. And there is sunnah to keep them. And it is a good idea that we should try to keep them. And there are two ways to do that. The first way is that a person start keeping those fasts on the second up till the 7th and that will be 6 fasts and then 30 fasts in Ramadan 6 in Shawwal makes 36 Allah tells us in the Quran He multiplies everything by 10 36 times 10 is 360 so it will be as if they get the sawab of fasting the whole year round because the whole lunar year is 360 days so it will be as if they get sawab for fasting year round and the jurists have said that for whomsoever it is difficult to keep them consecutively, then there are three sets of ten days of shawal. So they should keep two in every set of ten days. Two in the first ten days, two in the middle ten days, and two in the third ten days. But actually, it's e- despite what a person may think, it's actually easier to keep fast consecutively. And it's easier to keep them in the start of shawal because you're already in the habit of fasting in the month of Ramadan. Now there will be many women who... Uh, miss certain fasts, a certain number of fasts due to their menstrual period. So therefore they have to do qadha. So what they should do is they shouldn't delay that and think, oh, I'll make it up someday. They should try that as soon as Ramadan ends and Eid passes and whenever she re-enters a state of purity, she should immediately at the first opportunity, she should make, she should offer those fasts that she had to miss due to her menstrual cycle in Ramadan. And there will be some women who still have outstanding fasts from previous years. So they should also sit down and estimate and try to reckon how many they, uh, how many fasts are due upon them. And they should do that on the safe side and be, and add some more 
and then and they, when they get the complete total in front of them, then they should from time to time they should with the niyat of gada they should make up those fasts that they missed, so that a woman so that this responsibility is lifted from their shoulders, and especially. In the winter, it's easy to fast in the winter because the days are short. And there are many women who also like to diet. So, they will get double benefit. One, they will get to make the intention of fasting and they can get the benefit of dieting. So, both of their uh, desires can be fulfilled. That both the ob- ob- obligation that is outstanding on their shoulders will be lifted from them and they can also periodically diet throughout the year. So now if a woman feels that I've been very lazy in my fast and if she missed fast, not because of the menstrual cycle but just because she was not practicing, so she should count all of those as well and make a record of that and she has to make up those missed fasts just like a person has to make up missed prayers. And yes, when a woman is in her menstrual cycle, the prayers that she's not able to pray, those are forgiven. She doesn't have to make up those prayers. But the fast that she misses due to those days, she has to make up those fasts. And we should try to make them up sooner, because what if on the day of judgment, what if we die sooner than we think, and the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala will call us to account for our fara'id, and we don't want to have any gaps in our fara'id. Many people have a common misunderstanding that the last Friday of Ramadan is called Jumat al-Wida. And they think that after you pray Jumat, then you just pray two rakats nafil, then all of your kaza, previous kaza prayers will be fulfilled. This is completely baseless and this is fraud. And who knows, I don't know what type of mischief maker and fraud has invented this theory, there is no such two rakats that you can pray at any time of the year that can make up for all of your other qaza prayers and these are just the baseless words of the ignorant and foolish and you should sit down and actually count how many qaza prayers you how many prayers you have missed and you must offer each of them throughout try to offer them before you pass your way so now there are the fast of Shawal. In addition to that, there are other Sunnah fasts. Number one is the, to fast the 13th, 14th, and 15th of every lunar month. And that is also a means of getting the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It comes in a hadith that every time you fast, you will be forgiven for 10 sins and it will purify you of those sins such just the same way that when you get cleansed with water. And then the Prophet also used to fast on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. It comes in hadith <coughs> that a person who fasts on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday and then gives sadaqah on the day of Friday that all of their sins will be forgiven until so much so that that person will become just like their newborn baby from the womb of their mother. It means that they will become so pure of sin, they will be as sin-free, as innocent of sin as the day they were born. And those young women who are teenage women and who are uh, afflicted with lustful thoughts and desires 
and they and they're not married yet and they want to purify themselves of these thoughts, they should fast on the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of every week, and they should try to fast on the 13th, 14th, 15th of every month. They should be very regular about these fasts so that they can control uh, their lustful desires and passions of their nafs and they can become mm, it can be easier for them to have control over the nafs once the Prophet heard about a Sahabi Sayyidina Umar once heard that there was a female widow a woman and her husband had passed away so he sent her a message that you should get married and if you're not of the age to get married anymore then you should fast so a person should fast so that these lustful desires become weakened and a person can adopt a life of taqwa and piety in these moments and days and nights of Ramadan are extremely valuable for us are priceless for us and there's very little time that is left so this night, tonight is the night of the 27th so we have great hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it at least for us Laylatul Qadr whenever Laylatul Qadr takes place only Allah knows best what that is but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make this night a night of forgiveness for us that night that our forgiveness is accepted, that is a little together for us. Once a person asks Hazraji that, oh, uh, asks the Shaykh, when is little together? He said, your little together is whatever night Allah Ta'ala decides to forgive you. So if tonight, if we have the importance and value of this night being one of the last, one of the odd nights of the last ten nights of Ramadan, and we sincerely ask Allah's forgiveness and we cry and worship to Him, and we should do Tilawat, we should read Tasbihat of Zikr, she asked the Prophet that if I was to find Lil Fakadar, what should I do? So the Prophet told her that you should make the following dua Allahumma innaka afuwun tuhibbul afwa fafwa anni. That, O Allah, indeed you are that being who pardons and forgives. You love to pardon and forgive, so pardon and forgive me. And a woman should make a lot of zikr and make a lot of dua on this night. And when a person, hmm, when a person's heart gets woken up, and now they realize, when they have a realization that I need to get myself forgiven, then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sends a mercy on them. We make dua that may Allah Taala forgive us for all of our sins. Make marakama. Close your eyes and bow your head. This world and all that it contains, disconnect yourself from it and lose yourself in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
servants, Ya Allah, forgive us for all of our sins. Ya Allah, forgive us for our failings. Ya Allah, conceal our shortcomings. O our Malik, our Master, Ya Allah, these are the moments of Ramadan are passing away from us. Ya Allah, we don't know whether our Maghfirat has taken place yet or not. Ya Allah, decree your forgiveness upon us. Send your forgiveness upon us. Be kind with us. Be merciful upon us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, put your Asan on us. Ya Allah, you are such a good Asan Rabb. Ya Allah, you do so much mercy on your servants. Have sympathy for your servants. Ya Allah, we are such your weak and sinning servants. Ya Allah, Shaitan has robbed us of all of our good deeds. Our nafs has robbed us of all of our good deeds. Shaitan and nafs put us into sin upon sin. Ya Allah, send your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, all of the women who are in this gathering, or whether they're listening from far away, forgive each and every one of their sins. And in this gathering, before we rise from this gathering, decree our forgiveness, decree our salvation. Ya Allah, the day of Jummah is called the day of Eid. Ya Allah, make it our Eid. Give us the Eid of your mercy. Give us the Eid of your forgiveness. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask you to forgive us for our sins. We are coming only and only in the hope that somehow you will send some mercy on us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, the women who are beggars, they go out into the streets thinking that somebody will give them something. Just like that, these women have left their homes hoping in your forgiveness. Ya Allah, these people who have come for itikaf, 
have come from countries all over the world in hope of your forgiveness that you are Hanan that you are Manan Ya Rabbi Kareem send your karam upon us send your mercy upon us Ya Allah you just get cast one gaze of your rahmah upon us forgive us for all of our past sins and protect us from sin in the future grant us a life of taqwa Ya Rabbi Kareem make this Ramadan a means of forgiveness for us a means of your kurba a means of drawing close to you Ya Allah grant us your rida Ya Allah save us from the worries of this world save us from the worries of the akhirah Ya Rabbi Kareem whatever tattered ibadat we offer to you accept our ibadat with your mercy and give us the full reward Ya Allah whoever has asked us to make dua for them or who wanted us to make ask us to make dua for them or those women who sent their letters for du'as Ya Allah accept all of their pious desires Ya Allah heal those who are sick Ya Allah those who are stuck in financial difficulty and loans Ya Allah make it easy for them to pay off their loans Ya Allah accept our du'as just by means of your mercy Ya Allah our parents our relatives our elders our teachers our mashayikh who have already passed away Ya Allah send your forgiveness upon them and those whom you have already forgiven grant them higher and higher levels of your qurb in Jannah Ya Allah it is the day of Jannah Ya Allah from our behalf that send Durood and salawat to Sayyidina Rasulullah on behalf of each and every one of us the most best and noble Durood and salawat that you can send and Ya Allah any ummati Ya Allah, all of the ummatis that have sent any dhrud and salawat on the Prophet send even more greater mercy and salawat on the Prophet from our side. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibi Sayyidina Muhammadan wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Rahmataka ya rahman rahim.